0: Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using Lifeways Explore the Bible Adult Resources. Each week we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and today I'm being joined by Bob Bunn. Bob's been with us uh, three times already this, this quarter. So, Bob, thank you for being with us. Bob's on the Explore the Bible team. He edits the adult commentary. Uh, Today, we're looking at session 11 of the winter 21-22 study of Ezekiel and Daniel. We'll be looking at Daniel chapter 6, verses 10 through 24, probably one of the more popular stories that we find in the book of Daniel, although there's several that we could point to in that way. Uh, We've entitled uh, the study itself, Trust Exhibited, and the, the ideas that believers can trust God in all circumstances, we're looking at verses 10 through 24. Those are the verses we're going to focus on. Obviously, there's some other things going on in the background, but in verses 10 through 14, we've entitled that The Trap Set. In these verses, uh, Daniel, he's been made aware of a decree by the king that forbade prayer to any god other than the king for 30 days, but he knew that. Daniel went into his house and prayed to God three times a day. That was his normal practice, he continued to do that. The enemies of Daniel caught him praying and approached the king about their discovery. King was displeased and looked for a way to rescue Daniel. For us, we can understand uh, that part of of the story in these ways is that believers must worship God alone, even when others try to limit their worship. Once again, that idea of religious liberty that we've been seeing through the book of Daniel comes out in this particular passage. In verses 15 through 18, we've entitled that The Door Shut. In these verses, we find Daniel's enemies pressing the king, and the king gave the order to place Daniel in the lion's den. The king addressed Daniel, expressing a desire for God to deliver Daniel. The entrance was then sealed, and the king fasted through the night. In verses 19 through 24, we find, or we've entitled that, The Tables Turned. In these verses, the next morning, the king hurried to the lion's den and discovered that Daniel was unharmed. Daniel explained that God sent his angel to close the lion's mouth. Daniel was brought out of the den unharmed. The king ordered that the men who tried to get rid of Daniel be thrown into the den, along with their families. And we're going to talk about that issue in just a minute, about their families being thrown in as well. The main point for us is that God vindicates faithful believers for his honor. We've mentioned this last time you were with us, Bob, I believe, about being careful about who we present as the hero in this story. It's tempting to make Daniel the hero here in Daniel 6 and not God. What's the dangers of us doing that?
1: There's a couple of different dangers that we have to think about. Number one is, as you mentioned, this is probably one of the most beloved stories, in, not only in the book of Daniel, but in the entire Bible. And it's one, if you've grown up in church, you've heard it time and time and time and time again. You may have read books about it. You may have done Bible studies on it. And you may know, think you, but you know everything there is to know about it. But I want to encourage our listeners to, to really try to see this through fresh eyes. Uh, Kind of see, ask God where where, what He wants to show them about it this time, and how how He wants to impact their lives right now. Do a story that that maybe they've known uh, since they were little bitty. Um, But as far as the danger of making Daniel the hero as opposed to God, we've said this before. Daniel is the book of Daniel is not about Daniel. The book of Daniel is about God and about God's sovereign power and authority over all human affairs. Uh, whether it's his people or whether it's those who don't claim to be his people, God is still in control. Psalm 24 one says that the earth is the Lord's and everyone in it. And so, you know, we are all under his authority. We're under all under his power. And that's the recurring theme that runs throughout this book. So that doesn't diminish what Daniel did. Daniel showed a a lot of courage. Daniel showed a lot of commitment. Um, He, it was just another example of a good decision that he made time and time again, uh, starting in chapter one, running through the rest of the book. We see time and time again, that Daniel constantly made solid decisions. Another thing we need to remember is a lot of the pictures that we see sometimes um, of, is a, a is a young man in the middle of lions. That's not the case. Uh, based on the timing of the events that we can identify, da- Daniel was probably in his 80s. Because
0: Darius is uh, king at this point. Yes, yes.
1: So he's, he's, been in, he's been in Babylon for probably 60 or 70 years. He is probably in his 80s by, uh, by that time. And so he is closer to the end of his life than the beginning of his life. But constantly throughout the story, we see him making solid decisions that, that reveal his commitment to God. And so we don't want to diminish what he did, but at the same time, we want to look at the story the way he looked at it. And the way he looked at it was that God was the hero. God was the one who deserved the praise. God was the one who deserved the credit. And really, God was his only option for an escape and for rescue. And so if we can do that, then we will see things the way he sees them, the way he saw them, see them through his eyes and help us to kind of lean into God when we face the lion's stands in our lives.
0: One uh, thing that may be helpful here uh, in keeping the perspective on God is to and this is in the the leader guide in the group plans it's also in the daily discipleship guide in the leader helps in the back of the book when we're looking at the passages verses 15 through 18 we're encouraged to compare elements that are in daniel's experience with the experience that jesus faced during the crucifixion there's some things that are listed four things that are listed uh, the actions against both men were endorsed by the ruling government. Neither responded verbally to the charges and the census being brought against them. Uh, there were witnesses uh, to either of these events. I uh, would have thought the matter concluded with death. The lion's den and the tomb were sealed with a stone. So you have some, some things to compare here. And then uh, that, that, that helps us uh, keep in mind that it's not just about Daniel being delivered, but it's about God doing some things to bring about redemption. And it also gives us a picture of what Christ did, except, except Christ is going to die for our sins uh, and Daniel is not. So there's a big difference there. So that's another way to, to point that, that God's the hero. And you see that in the crucifixion of Christ, but you don't see here in the life of Daniel. God rescues him just like he did, uh, he does us through his death, burial, and resurrection. I mentioned Darius a while ago. He's one complex individual. Do we view him as a believer uh, based on this story?
1: You're right. He is a complex person, and really part of that is because religion was complex in this time. Uh, if you go all the way book, back to the the first part of the book, you know Nebuchadnezzar starts deporting Jews to Babylon in 605, uh, again 597, and in 586 or 587, and so. Judah, Jerusalem was not the only people that he conquered. He conquered people from all over the world and he brought them to Babylon. And this this school that Daniel and his friends would have attended, it would have not just been a Jewish school, it would have been a universal school. And so you think about all the different gods and religions and practices that would have have made up that melting pot uh, in addition to Nebuchadnezzar's own uh, belief system in the, the belief system of the people that followed him. It would have been, you know, it would have been syncretism on steroids. It would have been, there would have been stuff all over. And most of them, they, they wouldn't deny your, the existence of your God. It was very postmodern. They wouldn't have denied the existence of your God, but they would have just thought that their God was better than yours. And so they would have actually been open to that. And then Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians kind of fall to the, the Persians uh, a few decades later, and, and you enter people like Darius, Who brought their own religion into it and so the soup got murkier and so when you look at it it was just a complex um religious system that daniel was facing at the time as far as darius personally i don't think there's anything in chapter six that indicates that he was that he ever came to a point where he completely committed himself to christ or committed himself to the god of israel Uh, he had his own gods um, and because he was the one in charge, he believed his gods were the strongest gods. That was sort of how things worked back then. If you were the one in charge, then your gods must be stronger than the people you defeated. So I think he came into this situation initially believing that his gods were superior, and I believe the experience with Daniel here and seeing what his Daniel's god was able to do convinced him that that, the, that Daniel served a true God, that he served a God that actually existed and a very powerful God. But even with just his wording through the things that he says throughout the chapter, he really, it doesn't seem like he completely gives himself over to Jehovah. Uh, he is he's fine and willing to admit that that Daniel serves a, is a good servant of, the, of Jehovah, but I don't think he ever really crosses that line. And you have to remember, Nebuchadnezzar made the same kind of process, went through the same kind of process in his experiences. I think at some point, Nebuchadnezzar actually did confess that God was the only God and the only God worth serving. And maybe Darius did at some point down the line, but I think as far as chapter 6 goes, I don't think he's quite there yet. But that doesn't diminish the impact that God had through this situation. You know, God God was able to use this, this event to, to really give himself glory, to give himself honor so that at least this pagan king would admit that he really was, he really was God and was the strongest
0: of gods. One of the questions in the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide deals with uh, this, this trap that was set for Daniel. And the question is, was it a bigger trap for Daniel or was it a bigger trap for Darius? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think your answer comes from looking at who got duped and who didn't. Uh, you know, uh, really, for Daniel, if you read the story, was it really a trap? <laughs> because he came out He came out looking pretty, pretty good in the end. He stood for his faith. He didn't compromise. He just kept doing the things that he normally would do, which is sort of the, what we couldn't expect from Daniel after reading through this book. And yes, he had to go through the lion's den, but even the lion's den, was an incredible experience because he was in the presence of the angel of the Lord, which which some people believe could have been a pre-existent or pre-incarnate uh, appearance of Christ. So even in a lion's den, he's probably spending the night with God, and that's not a bad deal. And so you know, he comes through this with people looking at him and saying, wow, his God is really something. Whereas Darius comes through thinking, or with people looking at him thinking, wow, he was pretty arrogant to even think that he could, he could enforce this law when you know. Here's the, here's the guy who thought he was going to become a god. He thought he was going to be able to answer everyone's prayer and he couldn't even save his best, one of his best friends. Uh, he He's a whole lot weaker than, than he would have liked to have thought he was. Uh, and so I think if, between those two, I think it's definitely a, a, a bigger trap for Darius than it ever was for, for Daniel.
0: The families were cast into the den at the end of this story. How do we deal with the ethics of family members paying for the decisions of other family members?
1: That's a really, a really tough thing for us to swallow as much as we love this story. That's, that's a hard part and a hard way for it to end. We look at the old Testament backgrounds that say, you know, that that the, that the, the children suffer for the sins of the children, the parents suffer for the sins of the parents. But even, even then there were instances in the old Testament where, Entire families suffered for the for the sin of one. I think about in, in the wilderness, Korah and his followers, when the earth opened up and swallowed them. That their whole families disappeared. Uh, I think about Achan uh, when he took the when he took the stuff that he wasn't supposed to take from Jericho. His whole family was stoned and they were buried under a mound of rocks. You know, so it's not unprecedented, but it just kind of it goes against our sensibilities and what we think. Uh, I think from a practical perspective you could say that it could be because you could chalk it up to a few things number one it might have been the law that might have been how they did things back then there's in, there's indications through archaeology that that some some cultures practice this kind of mass execution uh it could be that that darius was just making sure that the families wouldn't come back later and try to take revenge on him uh, or it could be that he was just so mad that that he, he he decided to throw the whole lot into the lions den, but we know that that sometimes these dictators, these rulers, they they were they were kind of uh, had a hair, had, you know, they were on edge, you know, like Nebuchadnezzar firing the firing is seven times hotter than it was supposed it normally was. They could be very reactionary, and maybe that's where maybe that's where Darius was too. But here's here's a couple things to remember from a from a biblical perspective. Number one, we have to remember that some things. Some things are descriptive, not prescriptive. And this is one of these situations where the Bible is more descriptive than prescriptive. It's telling what happened instead of affirming what happened. And so that's always important to remember. The other thing is that, that this was not a kingdom ruled by God necessarily. It was not a theocracy. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was ruled by Darius, and he could do whatever Darius wanted to do. And so you have to take that in consideration and maybe not hold them to the same standard that you would hold to ancient Israel under the law of Moses. And then again, going back to what we talked about before, the last thing to remember is that that God's sovereignty is the theme of this book. And so God was in control of this situation and God sovereignly chose to protect his servant and he sovereignly chose to punish his enemies. From his perspective, there is no ethical dilemma. He was simply fulfilling his law, fulfilling his plan, fulfilling his uh, purposes, the life of Daniel, and in the end, he he gained glory because of it.
0: Yeah, we have to remember these weren't people who were necessarily enemies of Daniel as much as they were enemies of God by extension. Ultimately, you're right, yes. Bob, thank you for sharing with us again this week. Uh, Before we go, let me remind you out there about Extra. We identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news event to introduce and conclude the group time the file is free, and you can find these ideas at Explore the Bible's website by typing the following in your web browser, go explorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. That's go leaderextras forward slash leader extras. Thank you for listening to us today. We hope you will encourage other teachers to tune in next week. Next week, Mike Livingston will be joining me. We'll be looking at Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 through 14, looking at the vision that Daniel had. And we'll be focusing on the idea that believers can live with confidence, knowing that God's kingdom is eternal.